You're listening to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 394, brought to you by Eternal Warrior Number 1 from Valiant Comics and iFanboy listeners just like you. Fanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 394. My name is Paul Montgomery. Joining me, Mr. Josh Flanagan. Hi. And a special guest this week from the film <laughs> Pacific Rim, Idris Elba. Hello. <laughs> I want to see how long we can have them believe it. Okay, at iFanboy.com, we like comics, we read comics, and every week we read a bunch of comics, and then one of us picks the best book and writes about it on the website, and then we talk about it on this year's podcast, along with various other topics of interest. Before we get to the show, a quick reminder slash warning, this is a review show, and we will be talking about the things that happen in this week's books, so if you're worried about spoilers, go away. <laughs> Leave. We didn't want you here in the first place. This week, uh, Idris had the pick. It was a pretty heavy week, not as bad as a few weeks ago, but I had about 20 books to read. Uh, even though I had that many books, it was still a pretty easy pick of the week. Justice League 22 stood out head and shoulders above everything else I read as the most fun, best book I read this week. This is the first issue of The Trinity War... The um, sort of, I guess it's the first DC event, although it's not really like a big event. It's only taking place within the Justice League books. It's only six issues long, and it's going to be over in two months. But it's their first real crossover event they've done in the two years since launching the New 52, which is an admirable amount of restraint for a comic book company these days. You're not wrong. I've got to give you that. It doesn't feel like in my life we have been uh, bereft of events, but I, I suppose we have. So that's fine. I mean, you can count the launch of the New 52 itself as an, as an event in comics, not an mm-hmm. event story, but uh, they haven't really done anything since then, which is pretty amazing. Animal Did they do like it, Atlantis Attacks 2 or something? Right, but this is sort of their first official thing where there's tie-in books that are not taking place within the actual story. Like this is, you know. You're right. This is their first real event story. It's not really, crossover is one thing, event is another. This is tie-in books in the Pandora books and Constantine and things like that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Justice League 22, number, it's part one, Jeff Johns, Ivan Reese. And uh, one thing I've, I've found over the years is that Jeff Johns does a really good job of kicking off an event. You know, He had the modern-day classic Blackest Night number one, which Josh passed over way back in the day. We had, is, is anyone ever going to let that go? No. <laughs> um, we had, that I, fucking issue of Scalp was amazing. <laughs> blah, blah, uh, blah, no, black as night. Um, Infinite Crisis started off great. Uh, Sinestro Core War. Like, he's done. He does a really good job of putting you into the into the event. Um, I've I've enjoyed all those events, but you know, some, uh, events will f- go off the rails as they often do. But this first issue, he's he's really good at it. He sets a pay, he sets the stage. He gets the pieces in place. He does a good job setting the stakes, setting the tone, um, and making you excited for the next issue. And in this issue. Uh, what's going to happen is Justice League, Justice League of America, and Justice League Dark are going to cross over in this event. And uh, in this issue, they all sort of meet in the desert of Kondok, uh, and, and, and a fight ensues. So he does a good job of setting up... There's a lot of characters in this book, and he does a, lot of, he does a really good job of ba- balancing everything and not making anything feel too heavy, too overblown. 
Um, Shazam, who we've met in the back backup stories to Justice League, he's now in this in, in, integral into the story. He goes to Kondok to spread the ashes of Black Adam, who he defeated in his story. And in doing so, he sort of violates a whole bunch of international laws because he's only a kid and doesn't understand international diplomacy. Uh, Justice League goes to stop him. The Justice League of America go to stop them. And in, in the mix of that is a bunch of members of Justice League Dark who are either helping out the Justice League or are just peripheral to the story but will soon be in part of the story. And so the, all the characters are coming together in this uh, giant fight in the desert. So and Fitz Wallace got blown up, and uh, we don't know if Donna's going to be okay or not. Yes. Um, so, see how it goes. Wait, wait, is Lucius Malfoy going to have anything to do with this? <laughs> um, this is if one- you followed that at home. If you a, followed that at home. You're our people. And B, if you haven't followed at home, I'm very sorry about didn't, that. Didn't that happen in the later seasons in which it uh, did? Yeah. yeah, I don't really care about that. Then. Um, wonderfully illustrated by Ivan Reese, who do, who is sort of built for this kind of story. It's you know? nice though. It's actually, I don't know if restrained is the word I want to use, but relative to if you, I mean, if you remember what Blackest Night sort of looked like, it was crazy. It was way overblown, and this yeah, is like actually Sinestro Corps wars. I mean, that stuff yeah. is it's all over the place, and it, uh, I don't know if I agree with that though. About this, I I, I still think it's a little bit messy. Messy in well, how? All those tarot cards all over the place, and I don't know. It's um, I, I get honest, but I didn't really like this a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, you know I, I liked I liked Shazam in this, and I liked you know Shazam punching Superman and knocking him out and then realizing what he just did and as a kid realizing that you knocked out Superman it's kind of cool and uh, so and he reacts to that and then that the fight escalates from there um, other than that I thought it was a little bit convoluted and and um, I don't know it's it's isn't it ostensibly about like Pandora is trying to eradicate all evil in the world and it's a little broad I don't know See, I thought it was very focused and very small. I, I agree with Josh, not just in the art, but in the story-wise. I thought it was a very sort of tight story and tight event. It's not, it's not a cosmic story in the sense of Blackest Night. It's not, not a cosmic story in the sense of Sinestro Corps War or even Infinite Crisis, which was a multi-cosmic story. This is just you know, very focused on this a very small group of people. But having a larger. No, it's that small of a group. I mean, you get the whole Justice League, and you've got the Justice League of America, and their handlers, and all of these people in the background in terms of the uh, the question. And right, but it's not. It's it's not. A, it's if you look at Infinite Crisis, it's basically every character in the DCU. If you look at Blackest Night, there's there's literally the entire Green Lantern Corps plus all the Justice League plus everyone else that was involved in it. I mean, this is comparatively is a relatively small story. Um, I mean, it's not one character because it's a big event story, but it's you know it's not a global, it's not a cosmic spanning event. So it's very, in that sense, I thought very focused. Um, and it's two teams. I mean, there's not that many people. In two te- the two teams are basically the same number of people, and it's not that it's not that large. Um, and you know, you throw, the, you throw the question in, you throw Pandora, and you throw the Phantom Stranger, you throw in members of one team who are secretly working for another team. There's a lot of things going on here. A lot of escalating tension, and a lot of es- it just—it felt very much like the opening of a movie that's going to get very exciting very quickly, and uh, and then drag on for two years. Well, because only two months, because it's only—it's going to happen every. That's it. That was yeah. a blackest night joke. Yeah. So, I really. I'm love- just saying that scalped ended fine. <laughs> it, it there was nothing, but everybody. History bears me out. Actually, I don't think I don't think that the problem with Blackest Night was Blackest Night. The problem with Blackest Night was was uh, everything after Blackest Night. They couldn't they couldn't let it go. Yeah, I think that was mm. the problem. Anyway, I, I'm very excited for Trinity War. If you're not excited for it or not interested in, don't care. It doesn't matter because it's not gonna it's not gonna affect you if you don't read the if you don't read these books, or okay. or you can just skip them. It'll be over in two months. So 
I will say that I like Hawkman wanting to pick up the slack for Vibe, mm-hmm. saying that he'll he'll take because because each of the Justice League of America members has their own target, and so you know Martian Manhunter is assigned to Superman, Catwoman's assigned to Batman, and they each have their their sort of assets that they have to what deal with. What if they don't uh, cooperate? You know, like let's say I'm assigned to fight you, Paul. Right. And I'm, I come after you, but you decide, <laughs> you decide you're going to fight Josh. Well, it's got to be like all those covers where it's like you're running headlong into right. each other, like the 90s X-Men cartoon like, hold opening. up a second. I'm supposed to be with this guy over here. Symmetry. You gotta, guys switch over. The green guys got to fight each other. Let's get this together before we start running at each other. That's like basketball. Right. I mean, so, you know, Everybody's you got, got their your guy. position, their numbers. Everyone has their, like, yeah, their nemesis, yeah. Well, exactly. yeah, you're at the four. You need to take their center, though, because you're a little taller, and he's got, he's got a, a better fit. You know, it's a whole Batman, thing. Batman, I'm going to need you at the three before we get going. Batman, he's like a two. Yeah. I felt like they dealt with that smartly in one of the Justice League animated movies where they had, like, assigned targets, but then they, they mixed it up a little bit. And, like, they didn't play by, by those rules. Well, anyway, Just Like 22, I really liked it. It's the kickoff to DC's summer event. I feel very much in the summer event mood. It's uh, summertime. It feels good. It feels like they used to. that's when they used to be, so I'm excited for it. I'm really looking forward to it. And Ivan Reese is drawing the Just League chapters, which will be, the, I think, the opening and closing chapters. So they're, uh, looking forward to that. He, he does, he's fantastic. I was really looking forward to Astro City number two, and it, I did really enjoy it, although it wasn't really in the contention for Pick of the Week, but I thought it was another great issue. Um, so far, he's been avoiding the pitfalls, I thought, of the last couple of miniseries. This felt, even more so than the first issue, like like original Astro City. Mm-hmm. Like, like, like somewhere in that, that first run, like a single issue in the middle there. Um, and I, I really enjoyed it. I, it's kind of the thing where Astro City, for me, usually isn't a pick of the week kind of book. Right. It's just a good book. Yeah, you're just like, oh, it feels really familiar and it's good to be there. And because he's constantly moving the camera around, it doesn't ever get very boring. You know, he's constantly going to see some other side of it. Uh, you know, and we get a little bit of ongoing stuff. But the fact is, the worst issues that were ever done were the long stories. Yeah. You know, the, the, I th- how long was the Confessor story? Like, was it four issues? It was short. But those last couple, the Dark Ages, and, yeah. and those were just, they went on forever and, they were, and they were characters. If you didn't care about those characters, you were with them for two years or however long. And I, did, and I wanted to, but I didn't really. Yeah. Anyway, the, the point being, like, this was one of those, like, here's, here's another little corner of, of how it really works as we look at uh, the people who are involved in fielding the calls for, you know, the, the people who, for the Honor Guard, who's, like, their, their Avengers or whatever. It's like their 911 ha- system, basically. Yeah. You yeah. call the Honor Guard when, you, when your neighbor's not throwing <laughs> the recycling away properly and they... People who work there can route that to the proper authorities rather than bother the honor guard with it. And uh, it was funny because I didn't know if this was going to be a one shot or not. So the whole time I, yeah. I kept bracing for something really bad to happen. I know. It's like, woman. oh, it's just going to be a good story about yeah. a thing that happens. But I was like, that's really not the best kind of thing you want to do in narrative. <laughs> um, and they didn't. She's Again, and it also it continues the motif from the first issue with magic doors. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there's there's so there's this magic door that that played pretty heavily into the first issue, and then in this one, it's it's sort of like a, a transporter kind of thing. It's you know, or like a I don't know, a bigger on the out, inside than it is on the outside. It's kind of like Harry Potter. You go in through yeah. a magic door to go to work. It's like right. going to the Ministry of Magic. Uh, Brent Anderson, I think, continuing what is really good looking work that mm-hmm. definitely beats out the the previous miniseries we were talking about. I will take exception. Although however, the fashion choices were a little. Crazy. That was that was. I'm looking at it right now. It's like a there's like a, a garbage bag. What is sort she of wearing smock, at the end? Where she's then, wearing like <laughs> boots and then cargo pants yes. and stockings up the knee. It's very. I was like, did he look? Did he like 
pull out a magazine from the early 90s and we're like, ah, oh, that's that's what I'm looking for. It's very weird. Who wears it's cargo pants tied up lady, at the knees with stockings? And, but, they're, and, but they're high pants. They're way up there. And then the ladies in the dashiki. It's, it's odd. Yeah, it's, you know, they're very fashion forward in Astro City. I guess. It's I weird. Guess. Other than that, I really did enjoy it. I'm that, really except when, when they go to, what's the country at the end? France. Uh, Huh? No, no, no. The country where the bad thing happens. Oh. Uh, Look on on the last page. You got the Ecuador. Got, they go to Ecuador. Yeah, you yeah, get yeah. the Ecuadorians in their very traditional gaucho outfits. <laughs> right, yeah. And I don't know how and they common all, that's They're still all wearing is. them, too. It's I all, know that's what they wore in Butch Cassidy and the Sundance <laughs> Kid, but I can't completely vouch for modern day Ecuador in the gaucho outfit. And I kind of I kind of love that cuz like it's this well the, it's this temp job gone wrong like she's she wants to field one of the big exciting, you know, things and send the superheroes out on a mission and all these other people around her end up fielding those and then she gets this call that she thinks is just like this domestic violence thing and it turns out to be like this 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 global scale, you know, cataclysm. And so that that's the lead-in into yeah, the defense, next she issue. Did, you know, she, she couldn't have known. She couldn't have she known. Seems to, she seemed to have been following the protocol. Yeah, I mean, I went back and read it after the big reveal, and the call yep. didn't reveal anything that you would think was right. a global invasion. So I, I'm on her side here. I no, am, no, I'm I, on her side, too. It's, it's, I, it's, I believe HR of Humana Global will also, <laughs> will also uh, concur. There's a couple of different action sequences in here where it, it's, it's very apparent that the Samaritan's cape is not functional whatsoever. Doesn't matter. It looks awesome. Would just get in the way. Yeah, it's it, it does. I like love that how is awkward. You're left. There's only been one or two stories with with Samaritan. Yeah. And we we you're always left wanting more of him, and you're always looking at him from below. I, I really like that. Like I don't want. I mean, I like part of me wants to read the big Samaritan story. You don't. But need, I, you don't really need one after the first issue. No, I know. She exactly. ended the character pretty much. But you kind of are, you you want it, but you no, know sure. you're never going to get it. It's like it's like you spend like one day with the guy, and, and you're all you you have to hang hang on to that because he's got other shit to do. Mm. I really like that. It was a great issue. Um, I really like. I, I love that he takes a little corner of the world, usually with the the, the normal people, and, and focuses on that. Are we talking about? We are talking about four DC books in a row here, people. So for all of the people who said we didn't, this is happening. Or three. That was a Vertigo three book. Or four. Well, we're gonna, you know, whatever. They're on the same app as far <laughs> as I'm. Batman Twenty Two, Part Two of Zero Year, and uh, we got more reveals of what's gonna happen. A bit more of the Riddler, nice little confrontation between the Riddler and Bruce Wayne. Not Batman, but Bruce Wayne, because uh, Batman doesn't exist yet. I thought some really great stuff here. A great Alfred and Bruce Wayne scene where Alfred gives him a little smack across the mouth and then immediately feels terrible. I was, about it. I was like, that was, that was rad. Yeah, he slapped him in the face. <laughs> look, look at it. Look at how angry he is. But then look at the and next that, page. He's immediately, he immediately yeah. regrets what he did. He's horrified by it. Um, you know, he yeah. And then the gut idea. punch where where Bruce is talking to his grappler gun, saying "Come back," and Alfred thinks he's talking to him, and just awkward. <laughs> talking little to the hook. Little does talking Alfred hook, know it's yeah. not going to get any better. He's one repressed emotion dude. <laughs> he's not. Gonna, it's a, Alfred's like, well, he'll work this out over time. Listen, I've been there, buddy. I've read it. He doesn't. <laughs> he doesn't do it. Um, again, the, the only thing I can say negatively about this is that uh, it's just way too clean. Art-wise. I don't like the. I don't like the color. Yeah, the color's a little. I don't know if it's intentional or not to make the color very sort of uh, pop arty. I feel like it, it's it, a little it, Miami Vice. It was a little weird. It's flat, which normally I like. But it's flat and and pretty 
garish in yeah. places. The, well, that's why I wonder if it's intentional because the, the green floors and the purple skies. And I think I think whether or not it's a successful, it's got to be. Yeah, some sort I, of I I believe it's intentional because it's definitely different than it was before. But I just I don't feel like the color. I don't I don't I don't feel like the colors are working together. There's, it the palette seems to be all over the place. Now I don't know how to phrase that other than I know other people have done it and it works really well. Right. Uh, but this doesn't seem to. The colors seem to be fighting with each other. What did you think I, I, of the uh, Ouroboros page? I liked it. Yeah. I wish it didn't have numbers on it. I was exactly, that's exactly what I thought when I was reading it. Other than it, that, that, I, think it's, I, think it's, I think it's cool. That looked like a network note. Yeah. yeah. Like, put the numbers there. People will get confused. And it's like, well, that's, that's sort of part of it. You know, why does everything have to be really easy? Yeah, the, the numbers make it feel sort of like an activity page, you know? Uh-huh. Like, um, they just also, like, like, maybe there was maybe a way to do the numbers... That don't stand out like that. Yeah, they don't feel so much like a help aid. It, um, it looks I, like a production thing. It was at the end. It was, ta- it was just tagged on. I yeah, but I love the idea of young Bruce meeting Edward Nigma and you know, like the, with the riddle of the Sphinx kind of hovering over them, um, and they and the Riddler presents his own, you know, riddle of the Sphinx, um, and Bruce figures it out immediately. And so the, the Riddler sort of has to um, step up his game right away because this guy is. Is in another is in another ballpark. Two questions. One: Do we think the Red Hood is the Joker? I had that flash my, in my mind. I don't think he is. I hope not. I don't. I don't. I. I. I really feel like it wouldn't be that obvious. Yeah, I think. I think that's too easy. Um, that's my feeling on it. And two, Paul, did you feel like the character in the back was written for you? <laughs> <laughs> I think that is Paul. He's a little bit Sahara Sam. Um, it's kind of fun. He's got a uh, monkey. He's got an awesome facial hair. He's got some cool glasses, a little safari hat. He knows what's going on. He's wearing a bow tie through all that. Yeah. I felt like it was written for I'd you. I'd say it's a robot monkey, by the way. Either way, I think as long as you've got a monkey, robot I'm or I'm pretty sure robot monkey trumps monkey. It's true because you don't have the smell. Yeah. Not um, as much of it anyway. Or the pri- a primal desire to rip your face off. The thing is, though, robot monkey... Boy, he can he can fling some poop with a little velocity on that guy. It's, it's, I, I like this. It's full of gears and gyros yeah. and stuff. Yeah, and uh, no, I, I lo- yeah, I love the idea of these backups. That it's like the, it's the lost mm-hmm. uh, finding himself years for Bruce. Um, this is his, his backpacking through Europe thing. You, you know? didn't you didn't like the art last time? Do you still dislike it this time, Paul? Oh uh, no, I, I think that I think this is uh, stronger than the, than the previous one. Mm-hmm. There's something weird about that last. I, I think this I, is really good. These I mean, are nice colors. Albuquerque, well, it's, it's uh, Dave McCaig. He's, he's, you know, he's, a, he's good. Um, Albuquerque could totally draw Batman. It'd be fine. Yes. Uh, not that it'd I don't be, want to draw fine. it. I just, I'm really disappointed in the, in the inking change, and I'm going to harp on it until people make me stop. But yeah. it, it's totally changed the look of the book. It's still a good-looking book, but it's not as, oh, gosh, wonderful as it was before. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. what are you going to do? Especially if you're, I mean, it's hard not to compare this mentally in your in your mind to year one. Even if the story and everything holds up, you're competing in a certain sense against. I actually, don't, I actually don't think I don't about find, it so much. Yeah, I don't find myself thinking about it at all. It's, it, I think I, it's I, so different, and the stakes are so different. If he had tried to really do a year one esque story, then then I think that'd be a problem. I, yeah. I, I find myself comparing it to the old, the other arcs, art wise. Oh, yeah. and, and and that makes sense. I, I mean, I I have no problem with going back to this time period. I think it's interesting. I really haven't actually read 
that much of it, so I'm fine with it. We're going to go off script here because Josh decided we should talk about Superman Unchained, the fourth DC book in a row, before we jump to some other ones from some other publishers. Superman Unchained number two, Scott Snyder again, Jim Lee. and That is in the script. What are you talking about? I have... Sh- oh, I might have changed it after the fact. I sent you an old well, copy. Well, buddy. Sorry. I've gone off my script. You're, um, just, you're just making Superman Unchained. My script <laughs> yeah. says Josh is stupid. How about that? Um, the best part of this book was, I thought, the scenes with Bruce and Dick. <laughs> Bruce and Dick. Bruce and Clark. He really did feel like, you know, oh, here's Scott Snyder writing Batman. And that's very clearly him writing Batman. He really has a good handle on Batman. I super enjoyed this issue. Yeah. I think the problem uh, still continues to be the art. I just don't dig uh, Yeah, and, and I'm, I'm separating yeah. myself from that. But no, to, just to go, to go the other way, I think the things that are really interesting is that um, this is a different side of, of Scott Snyder. Mm-hmm. It's very sci-fi. I really like that he came up with things for Superman to do that were challenging and interesting. The bit, the whole sequence at the beginning of how he figures out how to save the building, yeah. you know, Dubai, that's yeah. hard. That's 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 good work uh, when it comes to Superman. And I was really into it. I don't, I don't know what's going to happen uh, with the other Kryptonian thing. Like I'm, I'm interested in what's going to happen there. I like the reveal. Uh, there's a bunch of stuff going on, and it's it's pretty cool. And, and the you know the backup story actually had was was really cool. Um, I really enjoyed this issue. I probably enjoyed this more than Batman uh, this week. Uh, now, like you said, the art is an issue because every single character is 25. Well, I, mean, I was like, so General of- Lane is the same age as Superman. <laughs> That's awesome. It works for the ca- for the superheroes because they're supposed to be younger, but everyone else it's a problem. And I just you know I just I've never been a fan of jim lee doing a solo superman book i think he can get away with it doing justice league because there's a lot of the characters but when you just have superman to look at over and over and over again i just don't i don't think he works the other thing that came through i I hate this uniform yeah it just it just i'm like why why did they transport designs from 20 years ago into this book now like it it doesn't feel right and i know that and i was i was thinking about this a lot but like i mean a lot Tuesday to Wednesday, pretty much. <laughs> a lot of hours? <laughs> At least. It was like, I don't want to say it was 36 hours straight because I slept for like two hours in the middle. Right. But I had a juice fast. I mean, it was a whole thing. Did you have like a whole wall up? Like yeah. a Homeland style wall where you uh-huh. had to really break it down? I ran out of yarn at one point, which really slowed me down. <laughs> and, uh, and the yarn store was closed. Yeah. It was, yeah. So I, I had to take apart a sweater, yeah. and then I was out of thumbtacks. It's a whole thing. Then your wife got mad because it was a sweater your mom made for you. I did it on the bedroom wall, and she's like, I want to go to bed. And I was like, leave! And I yelled. <laughs> important. All right, what? I don't even know where we started. I don't like this. the uniform is what I'm saying. Okay. Here's, here's another Jim Lee thing. Oh. How do you tell the difference between Clark Kent and Bruce Wayne, um, aside from the glasses? The hair. It's the sideburns. I thought because Bruce had like kind of wavier hair. He has a mini mullet. Yeah. Yeah, and and Clark also has embraced the the sideburns and and Bruce is just I want that hair nowhere near my ears. Why is Clark um, wearing that jacket? Is he is he's, he's also a John Constantine Hellblazer. <laughs> no one wears a jacket like that. It's a problem. <laughs> it's a good story not a, though. Not a 25-year-old with it uh, uh uh journalist. He's not going to He's not wearing a cowboy excuse me, duster. Excuse me, blogger. Blog whatever. I said journalist. Oh, yeah, I see what you mean. Um, he th- didn't he quit the Isn't paper? Isn't a regular I read, Superman I don't, read the, I don't read the book. I just Last I heard he quit the paper to be a blogger. So that's what I assume he is. Anyway. What's Sheltered Number 1? Sheltered Number 1 is a uh, new series 
from Image Comics, uh, written by uh, Ed Brisson, or Ed Brisson, I don't know how you say his name, whatever. Known by many as a letterer, but he's been putting out a couple of books. He did that uh, comeback book uh, with Michael Walsh uh, a little while ago, which I really liked. It was a time travel book. This is a mm-hmm. completely different story, illustrated by someone named Johnny Christmas. Nice. Which, yeah. It's an awesome name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it is an awesome name. I'm hoping it's real. Uh, for some reason, I, I, I think Guy Fieri has a friend named Johnny Christmas. I don't know why. <laughs> It's going to be awesome. Uh, and and w- uh, we find ourselves at a sur- – we don't – we're not really explained anything. We find ourselves in the middle of like a survivalist commune uh, and shit may or may not have gone down already or they're expecting shit to go down. And then there's, there's, a, 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 uh, there's a twist. It's as much as I want to say other than what you think it's going to be isn't what it's going to be uh, to a certain extent. Uh, and I really don't know what's coming next but it was – Really well drawn out in terms of setting up who these characters are and 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 how they relate to each other and and this very strange little subculture that's happening. Uh, I think Johnny Christmas did a fine fine bit of work. <laughs> it's just fun. To, I just it's fun to say. It's like yeah. a guys and dolls character. I don't. He's like an old stock yeah. gangster. Oh, I picture like a like a like a like a real like punk rock hipster kind of rockabilly guy. That's true. It's probably it also works. Yeah. He's probably yeah. more likely that than he is a gangster from the twenties. I'll give you that. Maybe. You never know in comics. Affectations are <laughs> run rampant. You're like a Dick uh, Tracy villain. Hey, we got a new know. we got a new Valiant book this week. Yeah. Anyway, I really liked it, and I think people need to check it out. I, it was it was a really good first issue. All right. Yeah, we did Quantum, get a new Quantum and Woody number one. Um, Does anybody not... have any experience with this no. property? Okay, that's uh, agreed. No, so the, and <laughs> you agreed that we are, we haven't. We haven't. Um, they're there, but they're, what is I think, wrong with us this week? <laughs> this is really Paul's hot. trying to ignore it. It's not hot now, Josh but it is was drunk. really hot. I'm just worried about San Diego. You want to say? I got things in my mind. Let's go. Well, why did you mention you were going? All right, to San Diego the, the goat has yet to surface in Quantum and Woody. The goat is coming. That's sort of it. Like I feel like the goat is is just hanging over. You know, it's delicious. This goat. All the proceedings. Goat's delicious. It's gamey. All right, so who drew this book? Uh, this was written by James Azus and drawn by Tom Fowler uh, with colors by Jordi Belair. Josh, um, you've said many times that Tom Fowler is one of the best artists in comics. I think he's a fantastic cartoonist. It's a good-looking book. It's it is. jam-packed. Like every, it's really, there's a lot of stuff going on, and there's, it's really talkative, and, and not necessarily in a bad way, but it's, it's very, it's very fast-moving. The character is just a little a little heightened it's this odd setup where you've got these two brothers one is black and one is white the white guy is the adopted one and then and this this is the story about their father dies and they don't you know they don't all get along and they fight constantly and shit goes down and i think they're going to be superheroes yeah, uh, dad was dad was a scientist yeah. and he was working on something inv- involving energy devices and yeah. he had a secret and he was hiding something in his lab and he knew that he he was sort of like he he didn't have a lot of time left um because people were after him and he ends up dead so mysterious circumstances and then the guy who ends up being quantum is in the military and is very serious and his adopted brother Woody who's almost named Woody Harrelson mm-hmm. and kind of is Woody Harrelson. Oh my God, this is just white men can't jump. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. Holy shit! And I didn't know if I was right, but yeah, it's, it's, it's basically white men can't jump. It probably came out originally around that time. Yeah, so... What and is it's, the quince? What was the, what was the non-sequel <laughs> sequel they did? It was uh, about uh, transit Money cops. Money Train. That was a bad movie. Yeah. yeah. 
I'm I pretty the, sure uh, White Men Can't Jump was also a bad movie, but it really came out of the time that I was like, that movie was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I love the uh, the, the chapters. Uh, mm-hmm. There's titles throughout for each of the scenes, and like the first one, there is you know flash forward, and they're they're falling, and it's it's like may the road rise up to meet you. Um, there's I, some I, other, some other good I, ones. I was super impressed with his. Uh, I'm going to use super as an adjective now. God, that's a fucking irritating thing they do in the startup world that I need to stop. <laughs> anyway, super excited yeah. about that. Oh, Josh. super, super excited. excited about your new. Yeah, to use super less. Just say mad excited. Anyway, uh, uh, but what they achieved here was a sense of like a lot of constant motion and a lot of things moving around. I thought Asmus did a really good job of setting up a pacing and a world that was it was a lot different from a lot of the a lot of the other comics I was reading. And it it's almost it's really close to being overdone, but it's not quite there. And I think I think as the issue went on, it got better. So I expect that that the the whole thing will pick up a little bit. Well, you know, it wasn't amazing first issue. It was good. Uh, and it was interesting, and I think that Woody reminds me of one of my brothers. <laughs> no, I, I think it's I think it's a lot of fun, really entertaining, and uh, yeah. Speaking of Valiant, this episode of iFanboy is brought to you by Eternal Warrior Number One. It's the first issue of Valiant's next ongoing series, written by Greg Pak and with art by Trevor Hairsign. It's in stores September 11th, 2013, and Greg Pak's blowing up. He's he's writing Batman Superman, which is I think the number one book of that month when it came out. And uh, he's good, and Trevor Hairstein's really good, and Valiant is continuing to put out, you know, high-quality stuff with guys who are, may not be super A-list, but they're, oh my god, I said super. <laughs> Damn it! See? Uh, it may not be it's A-list. catching! They may not be A-list guys, but they're getting some really quality guys on their books. Uh, they have really great, some really great artists. Yeah, so. really great artists. I think they're, they're focusing really well on getting some good artists on their books. So, uh, check it out. Eternal Warrior number 1, in-store, September 11, 2013. And uh, I'm just before we get to the next segment, I'm just gonna go ahead and apologize for the rest of the show because I don't know what the hell's wrong with us this week, but we just <laughs> have to roll with it. This is so this show, weird. This, no, this show's super awesome. Avengers Arena 12. Uh, this book's fantastic. It continues it's so to be good. fantastic. You know what it is? It's it's one long bottle episode or locked room play. It's basically mm. a bunch of characters in a room. The room may be gigantic, but it's really not so much about them killing each other as it is just about learning about these characters and them interacting with each other. And that's the story, and it's fantastic. It's 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 continues to be compelling as you go all the way through it. I haven't gotten sick of it for a second. Nope. It's not coming out every eight days, which I think is helpful, but also it's it's on time. And then the end of this issue, uh, we get a reveal of some kind that I can't entirely suss out, but it's interesting. And it looks I like look it's at the morgue. Is it? Looks like it's or the morgue for the dead bodies. But isn't the? But no. But look, it's the it's, morgue, but it's also a little creative too. Um, yeah, there's a robot there with the. Robots need need post. There's a head floating. Uh, Isn't that a person? There's there's bodies floating. I don't know who Powell is, but that's a thing. Two like, two, two, other, not- two other things about this issue. One, we had the first kind of death fake out, which was uh, Nico. Was that Nico? Name? That was a really neat use of of her powers. But I, that was the other thing. I loved that basically she didn't cast spells so much as just say words, mm-hmm. and it was like uh, punch. But that's her. That's her thing, though. She can't. Yeah, she can only. But she, she can only cast, use a spell she once. She used to cast spells, and now it's more like just she says something. Uh, that's how it's worked. No. It's just, she she like comes up with a, a name for a spell, and it just sort of it knows what the, to do. The trick is that she can't use anything more than once ever. Right. So she's always got to come up with a new one. I, in my mind, I imagine there's a master list somewhere, and like at this point, he's like, ah, I, I a cat. I don't know. <laughs> 
It's great. It's really. I also great. like that if you if you notice if you follow along with the characters, they have like the 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 uh, life meter, yeah. you know, sort of like an it's it's not a, a bar like in a in a fighting game, but it's it's uh, like little squares and, it's and like they an fill old up. Fighting game bar. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and if you follow uh, Chase is in the Dark Hawk uh, costume and powers now, and so he's referred to as Chase Hawk. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I noticed that the first time. I, I also this is uh, I don't know if you noticed the colorist is uh, it's the guy that always works with Scotty Young, uh, Jean Francois Billia. It looks it's a good looking book. It's a good looking book. Mm-hmm. You know they they didn't lie to us when they told us Avengers Arena would be the one to watch last year, and, and they were right. Um, what the heck is Ghosted? In 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 a week where we we got a lot of books, uh, there was actually a few new things. This is another new series from Image. Uh, from uh, it's from Skybound. This is Kirkman's little little arm of Image. Uh, Ghosted, which is uh, by Joshua Williamson and and Goran Suzuka. You may remember him. He was the backup artist on Why the Last Man. Yes, he's doing sort of a, a slightly different style here. This is a it's a it's a supernatural caper. It's it's very close to being like a Parker kind of thing where the guy gets busted out of jail and he is put in charge of putting a team together and they're gonna they're gonna steal a ghost. I just I, I when you know he's so he's so it starts off and it does look very why the last manny to me. Well, yeah. Um, it it looks like that Vertigo house style that they had for for a while. I and happen to know that that Josh. Uh, he's a huge Vertigo fan. And mm-hmm. This is this is a little bit of a love letter to to a book that he would have done there. It, I was thinking it really feels like a Vertigo book. And yep. so so this so this guy is in in prison, and we and I, I think the the genius part is we don't know why at first, and it's revealed later why he's how he ended up in prison. <laughs> and there's this you know this big prison riot, and he's the uh, this he finds out that he's been um, pulled out for uh, this like Vincent Price kind of dude. Who has you know the creepy study with weird heads on the wall and stuff and weird books and everything and and uh, has these yeah. operatives working for him? Wait a second, is that weird? <laughs> um, I'm just asking for someone who's not definitely not me. It's it's. I wish you had a. It's not head. weird to have in your books. in your apartment. <laughs> Um, it was, it was a fun, it's a fun little caper. Uh, I thought it was really, it really handled, uh, getting stuff going up and running really fast. It was, you know, there's some really basic sort of genre tropes in here, but they're all twisted a little bit and it was, uh, it was well handled. At any point, does anybody say, I ain't afraid of no ghosts? It's got to happen eventually. No, but I just, I I just like the directness and the, the call to action of you're going to steal a ghost for me. That's the only thing I don't have in my collection. And I, I, I kind of dig that. I don't think he's going to want that when he gets it. It's a little, it's like an eyes bigger than his stomach kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Do you know uh, why he wasn't afraid of no ghosts? Quick, quick, quick uh, because quick Huey Lewis was going to sue him. No, because it was the same song no, as because, I want a new duck. Because he hears the go- he hears the ghost likes the girls. That's why. Huh. Number one song uh, on the day I was born. Good song. Really? Ultimate Comics: The Ultimate Twenty Seven. I was going to get this, but then I had twenty books. Come and I, on! I had twenty books, Dude. and I had the pick of the hey. week. I wasn't. Look, okay. you, you know better than anybody. You don't Listen. add new books the week you have the pick when you got twenty books already. It could have been pick of the week. I'm just saying, you don't add. It the 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 art is fantastic. Falkoff is doing something with this book that nobody else has, and I will tell you one thing: it is not an all ages book. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's the first page is Tony Stark with his head split open, read poking around in his brain, Ooh. graphically, uh, which is not related to the company. Anyway, um, 
I said it and I was like, why am I thinking? Okay. Uh, r- really, it, it's just interesting. It's huge and, and what big. What is he and doing it, with this book that no one else has done before? He makes it feel like the Ultimates again. So he did like, he what Mark Miller did with it. Massive stakes, it feels like, and a, a bunch of moving pieces and things going on. And, and it really looks like, like he's really set it up to the point where this is, this can't go on. How this, long has th- he been writing this? This is the second or third issue, I think. I'm going, um, going, sounds I'm right. going to college yeah. college right now, and I'm downloading it. The art is so good. I mean, it's just that was the other thing. Like for a while, uh, uh, Sam Humphries was doing it. It was pretty good, but the art wasn't great. And at this this point, um, it's I can never remember the dude's name. Uh, getting it, Mister Fantastic. No, the dude who did who did the last Punisher Bill Murray. It's <laughs> <laughs> did you meant did, did, did John Domenico. John Domenico. He was good. Come on, John Domenico. He was very good. Rick Moranis. Really We're just good. naming Ghostbusters. Dave out. Thomas. It, no, this is a real. This that's the real name. But it's got that European flair, and, and awesome. it's just. I'm getting this right now. I'm literally on Comicsology while you talk. It's. Uh, I was. I wasn't on the show the last time that we stop because it's hard <laughs> to do the show when you're naming things from Ghost Fire Engine, Ernie Hudson, Firehouse. <laughs> Oh, it hurts. All right, let's move Restaurant on. Restaurant window. Again, I, I have to reiterate the apology from earlier. Uh, I t- you know what? I, I think this is going to be a really good, awful show. <laughs> okay. I'm, why am I still talking? I got Peter Panzerfaust number 12. I just wanted to mention that I had mentioned before that I was getting – I was like, I don't, what, what, what's going on here? Right. And it's true that I still don't know who any of these characters are. Uh, I know who like Peter and Wendy are, but other than that, this was a good issue. This is a really nice sort of return to form. We're moving around. I think they regrouped. Uh, had Hooked a little you bit again. Of... Hooked you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fjallkopf has written the last three issues of this book. So. Yeah, it's the third issue. 25, 25, uh, I'm reading Peter Panzer Faust in trade. I moved on to trade for that. But yeah, but uh, I, this is a really ni- nice issue, and, and I I just wanted to make up for saying I was getting a little little off it. I, I thought this was this brought us back to... If I can be absolutely serious here for a moment, I will say that the in Daredevil 28, the best thing that Wade is doing right now... Are you a god? I think is dealing with the cancer story. Yeah. And oh. I think that the most heroic thing that Matt has done in his book ever was to go back into that room in the beginning. That was really nice. Not not like that was... No, nice. I mean, it was a, it was it was a swell great, of him, yeah. <laughs> it's a great moment. I mean, he, he basically... The smell of the drugs, the chemo is making physically ill... Uh, it's even worse than he's ever been, but he goes back in like like nothing's going on. I think that was the most. It's that, the yeah, like, and, and I like when he, you know, he so he goes to throw up, and then he comes back and he says, the, uh, "No matter what, I cannot go back in that room." And then you see the change in his face, and he and he goes back he in the room. He his tie. And he goes yeah, because because his buddy is is scared. He's he's terrified. And the and he thing is, him. they cut there. He threw up all over. <laughs> <laughs> What's funny about this? The main th- crux of this issue was Matt's old bully friend showing up as an adult and. It's being awkward, and this something similar happened to a fanboy writer, Mike Romo, where he really, as an adult, ran into his childhood bu- bully, and uh, it, it made me think of him while I was reading this. But they didn't exactly. So happen. he'd be played by Tom Arnold in the uh, in the film version yes. of this, yeah. this issue. That was actually Mike's childhood bully. <laughs> yes, yeah, Tom Arnold. Tom Arnold. True. <laughs> uh, it was a really good issue, though. It was a great cover. And. Yeah. I was. I've been waiting for like let's let's do like an issue where it's like a lot of courtroom drama stuff and like because we could we couldn't do that for a while because Matt can't handle. He still can't um, really. He's he's not he, really. He can't. 
he can't be he can't be in there. He can't be doing the patter because there's there's because <laughs> the uh, what did he say the the Matt Murdock is Daredevil truthers yes. are still out to get him. And so we get this courtroom scene. I was like, oh cool, it's just going to be like this courtroom thing, even though it has to do with the Sons of the Serpents, and that's really crazy. And then the judge shoots a dude. <laughs> so it is a little over the I top. Gotta, and I gotta I kind believe that there are many that. judges who wish they could just pull out a gun and shoot the shoot a couple of the dudes in the courtroom. I've known a couple of judges in my is life. Is that Judge J- James Carville? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> book is book is so good. So those are the books we want to talk about this week. Go to fanboy.com slash comics. You can make your pull list. You can rate and review your books. You can also decide what you think was the pick of the week. Even though it's not what we think, you can still make your decision. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to need you to agree with me. I get uh, really upset when you don't agree with the so thing that like I think. So we like to run down the top five picks of the week. And oh boy, this week was a close one. Number five, Young Avengers, number seven, 5.4% of the votes. And again, this is a time of recording, and these are your votes. Number four, Batman, 22, with 12% of the votes. And here we, here's where it gets close. Number three, Daredevil, 28, with 20.4%. Number two, Justice League, 22, with 20.5%. And number one, East of West, number four, with 21.9%. So you got the top three books within a percentage and a half of each other. Pretty That's- close. That's close. I don't think we've ever had that the entire time we've been doing this show or doing the, that feature on the show. So let's take a look at some of those user reviews. Uh, Wraith1701 said of East of West number four. Story four out of five. Art four out of five. Pick of the week percentage. Again, 21.9%. This series continues to rock. In just four issues, Hickman has created a rich and realistic world filled with some incredibly intriguing characters and a riveting storyline. I'm not familiar with Nick Dragata's other work. But damn, girl! No, it didn't actually say that. But the aesthetic he brings to this book is pretty fantastic. Are you trying to sell t-shirts or something? Maybe. Tote bags? His mix of sci-fi and Old West designs has an almost steampunky feel that scratches an itch I didn't even know I had. My only complaint is the release schedule in a world of double-shipping big-name books. The wait between each issue of the series is almost painful. It's, it's like a regular wait between... Like, you know, that's the, the problem is when just the world now, becomes a double just, shipping world, the, sh- the regular shipping world becomes slow. Becomes slow, and it's. Uh, I think it's. I think it's coming out on a fine. This, this, this was the issue where I made it about five pages in, and I went, "Okay, I'm going to trade." Like I, I, I had no recollection of what had happened before. <sighs> the character. It's, it's, a, it's a good story. It's just. Yeah, it's I had a bit dense, of that problem. It's a very too. dense story. And I'm like, I did. Right, I'm gonna read it. All I did once. for two pages, and then I was like, "Oh wait, no, I remember where we were. It was a big fight." No, I, and I knew where it was. It's just like I don't. I, the thread is not there for me when I read these these really dense stories. In you know, Nick like, Dragota is really really good. He's really good. The art's fantastic. That's, the that's all I came out of it with. I mean, no, I re- I actually really liked it. I like this is out of all the sort of Hickman stuff that's been going on. Uh, I like this, and I like that it's so much different than uh, yeah. Manhattan Projects. All right, Steve yeah. McGee, Young Avengers number seven. This is by Sudi McGee. I wish that was my nickname, Sudi McGee. <laughs> It's McGee. Story of four out of five and the art of five out of five. Uh, pick of the week percentage was 5.4% in a world where Marvel releases are praised for being fun. Young Avengers may be the most fun of all and perhaps the most overlooked. If there is one quality that this book possesses, it's self-awareness. Every character in this book is rich in emotions, predominantly teenage ones. The dialogue is witty, fun, and as realistic as teenage superheroes could talk in such a colorful world. Finally, I think I may have to make up an award for the best title page of all time. 
As it was no more than the menu for the diner, the team is added on the next page. Each contributor is their own dish, and each description is incredibly tongue-in-cheek, as Gillen contains extreme pretension, and McKelvey is served with an asymmetrical haircut in 20-page portions. If you aren't reading this book, you need to be. Everybody needs to be. Luckily enough for you, this is the start of a new arc for the team, and it looks to be good or better of a ride as the last. Uh, I agree with him completely. I love yeah. the use of Instagram as a way to show what they've been doing for the last yeah. three months. It was sort of a very clever, modern feel. I mean, this book feels modern in a way that a lot of books don't. I mean, they- I'll tell you something. This book uh, fulfills the promise of of those two guys doing a book together. Yeah, yeah. And if you can't tell that they both seem to be having a blast doing this book together, you know, like it, it's not it's not for you. Yeah, no, it, it is, but but like. This is this is the, like they're if you were going to have fun, they're having really a lot of they're fun. They're having so much fun and it's so obvious and it makes the book m- more fun. And I think that, you know, you know they're both grown-up mature comic creators now. We've known them since they weren't. You know, and I think that you're really you're seeing them hit their stride and doing something that they're that they're really perfect for. And it's totally it's not like any of the other books at Marvel and it's totally fun to like, read, but it's not it's also, super esoteric. It's also kind of innovative in a lot of ways too. I mean, it if, is. if you look at they still continue to do a lot of really innovative layouts. There's a couple of pages where they the layouts are inside the character's head. Well, uh, you know, Gillen's not he's, – he's still having fun. He's still yeah. like, well, let's see what else we can do with this. And he's pushing himself, I there's think. There's the end where they go through that mirror thing and they end up in sort of a black and white sketchy world. I mean, there's a very interesting things going on in the form of comics, not just the use of you know mm-hmm. a page of Instagram photos to recap three months' worth of activities, which I thought was really funny anyway. But uh, just they're, they're having a lot of fun and, and sort of – you know, forging their own path in the comics world too. Yeah. yeah, doing doing like a Tumblr, which I think it's called like Gambler or something yeah. in the, in the beginning for the uh, the recap page. Like doing that and doing the Instagram stuff could could go horribly awry and well, could be super lame. If you but didn't know what, do if you didn't understand perfectly. them, they understand the medium. Well, I think a lot of yeah. writers who are in their forties, fifties, and more don't understand. So don't don't understand how it works. You it's know. like when they it's like when they talk about like Facebook or, or face space on uh, on like Law and Order SVU or something like that. It's 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 really out of touch and, and right. but with this it's they know exactly what they're doing and it's and it's really funny. Reading it digitally so each of the Instagram shots come up one after one mm-hmm. was kind of a great experience. This was great. Uh, skiffle fluffle. Skiffle fluffle. Skiffle fluffle. Good stuff. Go to com slash comics, you can rate and review your own books, make your pull list and write a user review. And if it's good and you get it up early enough in the week. And it's not about one of the big books of the week that we're going to talk about anyway. There's a lot of there's a lot of ifs, ands, or buts getting on the show, but no one said it was anything worth doing was easy. You've been talking a lot uh, <laughs> to your friends about kayaking. You're going to take up kayaking. You keep talking about oh, it. Oh, did you know in college I was the secretary of the Ithaca College Kayak Club? I believe it. Um, so you should Wait, go is to that a true sentence? Yes, absolutely. What? Why? The Ithaca okay. College Kayak Club was not officially recognized by Ithaca College. Rather. I'm gonna- my roommate, just, my roommate uh, was into kayaking. He was a kayak instructor, and he sort of had an unofficial club in the gym pool. I'm going to guess there were a lot of women involved with this club. Uh, there were some women in the club, but it was it, not. And it, they got, it went into a water. We got to learn how to kayak. You, were, like, you, got, you went to the club is what I'm I have a photo of me in the kayak in the pool. It was a real thing. It wasn't officially sanctioned, but it was real. You know, people people don't normally kayak in pools because it tends to make for a very short trip. No, but you learn how to do, you don't, you have to learn how to escape. You got to flip it over, and you got to un, unhook the the part that you that keeps the, the kayak dry. Then you got to push. It's like 
It's like self-imposed waterboarding. It kind of is self-imposed waterboarding. It's kind of terrifying the first time you do it. Anyway, Paul, kayaking. What can I do to get, to get that feeling back? One of my one of my longtime again. friends, Andy Shaw. Uh, he he was hunted by uh, by, by <laughs> his college <laughs> roommates too. They, what's that thing? With skulls. And you, you need to be a little guy to like you know you have the the bullhorn or whatever, and you're telling everybody what to do. You got to be like the little person in the front. What? And and there's like the person who's like they have to be kind of like like skinny and 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 short and oh, and oh the, the not kayak crew, but the big crew, the things crewing that, crewing yeah yeah and so like he was he's like sort of looks like Jay Baruchel and they wanted him to be that guy and uh, he he wasn't into it because I think he's afraid of fish um, but he owns he, he owns that turtles to be the megaphone guy what yeah you that? my my roommate my roommate's girlfriend was the she was the captain of the team and she that was her position I don't remember what it was though. I never uh, understood crew. When we got to college, everybody went and did crew, and I was like, "They so got up really early. They four ran for like ten hours. Just, it's what really the f- hard." That? Uh, there's a really interesting crew sequence in the film *The Social Network*, which you can buy on Blu-ray through iFanboy.com/slash/Amazon. That's right. Uh, they look like little micro machines. So quickly, what does Amazon do for us, Paul? They give us money sometimes if people buy stuff there, and they use that link. There you go. Yeah. So that's the best way to help the show out. Go to fanboy.com slash Amazon. Make your purchases from Amazon. If you're going to buy a kayak or just want to watch the kayaking scene or the crewing scene in Social Network. You could, you can just, you could probably purchase the streaming you know, if you didn't even want to wait or you could if have it sent to you. If a Prime member, you could watch it. I don't know if we get any piece of that. Rental, probably not. So I'm saying buy the Just disc. buy the Blu-ray. Get all the extras. You can listen to Aaron Sorkin's nasally voice as he Do you think we get a piece commentary. of the Prime membership spot through their link? I don't know. Good question. Listen, I don't there's, know. there's one way to find out. But the thing is, if they get a Prime membership, that, that means they're going to be ordering a bunch of stuff. Yeah. yeah. So we're going to so. get that stuff. So it all, it all shakes out. That's the best ad we've ever done. We need this because I've started busking and I'm very bad at it. <laughs> I thought you were hunting. No, I'm not talking about the performance. I'm just talking about I end up places where the police are and they say go away and stop doing that. And I've heard that the problem is that you seem to have a problem choosing a proper receptacle for change. It's either way, way, way too small or just – comedically large. Also, when you tell them to drop it in your pants, you know, and you hold your pants out, it's weird. Yeah. Let's yeah. do some audience questions. Jeremy from Vancouver, Canada has, hey. has a longish question. He says, I can't, oh, no. I can't tell you how excited I was to hear that Image would be offering DRM free digital comics for sale. Thanks, Ron. How do you know Ron did it, first of all, Jeremy? Let's not give him credit for things that we're not sure he had anything to do with, even though we do know. He had things to do with it. In the last couple of days, though, that feeling of excitement has turned to confusion and uncertainty. Here's so why. you have hung out with Ron. I read everything digi- I read everything <laughs> digitally. Sure, I pick up the occasional omnibus or absolute edition, but my regular Wednesday purchases are all digital and all through Comicsology or Dark Horse's app. My collection has sold over 2,000 comics by now, but of course, it's not really my collection. It's p- paying to view Comicsology's library. That's why I'm so excited about the DRM, DRM-free image files. The problem I've discovered is that I really enjoy the Comixology reading experience. From the way comics are organized to the panel view, it's a pleasant, easy, and efficient read. Reading Lazarus and Satellite Sam on another app, Comic Zeal, just wasn't as good of a reading experience as Comixology. Organization is harder, zooming isn't as well done, and I'm now wondering if Comixology is still worth it for the comics reading experience. Do the three of you have any thoughts on this? I know Paul likes the Comixology experience. Will you be buying your image comics through their website now? Paul, do you enjoy the Comixology reading experience? I do. I, I was just talking about the Instagram thing with uh, Young Avengers. Um, I read in a 
different mix of things. Like I read some print books. I read a lot of things digitally now, mostly through Comixology. We get some review PDFs uh, just given our gig. So um, I, even I when like I read through Comixology, I don't even use the panel view. I just do the page. Never. Yeah. Is the, a panel view is is a remnant from before there were tablets. Oh. I think. I think it was a thing that was developed to be able to read stuff on phones. I don't have a tablet, so and I'm reading mostly on my 13-inch uh, MacBook, so um, yeah, I can't. It's it. not tall enough, so I need the panel view. I get that, but uh, see, for, to me, this is this is a completely different thing than what he's asking. But to me, the whole part point of coming up with a comic book page is especially the ones that wear it are are how the paid panels all work together, and I like to look at them as a, as a whole. But you know, you work with what you can. Um, I know what you're saying. I like the Comixology experience as a thing. I, for one, never – I don't understand the, the DRM panic as much as possible. It, it, that everybody – like, we don't own – you don't own any of your media. You own DVDs, which are plastic things. The stuff that's on them, you are licensing exactly like you were licensing this. And there seems to be some panic that at some point Comixology – is going to yank the plug or, and you're going to lose all the stuff that you bought from them. And I suppose that's possible, but... I think Ron said that in a press release. <laughs> he, he did. Uh, but realistically, I don't see that happening. And, and if, if it did, like, I have boxes and boxes of comics that I bought that I don't ever go back and read anyway. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, like, I'm... If I'm buying a comic, I'm paying for the experience of reading that comic. I probably won't read it again. I look at it as going to the movies. Yeah. I, it, I, pay, it, I pay a ticket to go to the movie. I leave. I don't get to take a disc of the movie with me when I leave. It's, it's the, the experience of watching the story is the same. Except you do in this instance. You just right. don't know if you're going to lose it eventually. No, I, I, it, here I get more, but I'm saying when I go to the movies, they don't hand me a DVD on the way out. I've seen it one time. I paid mm-hmm. for it one time. At least in the comic, I can watch it again. I think sounds- we have to... I think we have to take a lesson from I am Steranko on Twitter and live <laughs> in the present and the future and not in the past. That's paraphrasing. But, but. While constantly telling stories about the past. That's what I was um, say. <laughs> yeah. But it, you know, but at the same time, I mean, this is this is your trade-off. You know, you want the DRM, you you can get it now. You have that. It's not. It's you know, you got you got to make choices. You do not have the perfect option. But also, I think one of the benefits of digital is that you get you have options in yeah. how you view things. You can choose on Comixology to use the viewer. You can choose to do it by the page. You, I mean, you can do what you can you ha, you can do it different ways. You can, and I think that's good. I think it's good that people give people a choice to view it how they want to. Comics to me, these the, you know, I I do I tend to think of them as a transitory medium. I tend to think of them more like they used to be. Yeah, they come out you know all the time. There's a nonstop. It's the mail. It never stops. You know. And, and there's always comics. If there's a story that you fall in love with, that's a great thing to buy and put on the shelf as a book. Yeah. But, and the real problem is that Josh is spending a fortune every time he rolls up his iPad and puts it in his back pocket. I got to say, that has been an issue. I, th- also, just and this is a pro tip, I suppose, a bathtub is a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's true. I, I mean, the way I'm looking at digital is I read a lot, I read a lot of – I still go to the store and buy paper for comics, but I, still, I read a lot of it in PDF form – or on Comixology, and if, if I read something I really like, then I'm going to get the collection. Like I have, yeah, I have, I have the Hawkeye trades on my shelf because that book is amazing. I don't keep the issues; I've given them all away. I, I don't, you know, that's how I'm looking at it now. Is my, my comic experience ever. is is digital is or single is sort of my testing out the co- the story, and then if I like it, I'll buy the collection. Connor like actually it. travels the rooftops in L.A. and drops uh, his used comics down chimneys. Yeah, that's you true. Get sh- 
He gets shot at a lot. He does. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> well, actually, our next that, that brings us to our next audience question, which is a voicemail, and it's actually very similar. Damn, I fanboy. This is Tim from St. Paul, Minnesota. I just finished listening to the most recent podcast and was disappointed that there was no mention of Batman number 66 or 66 number one by Jeff Barker. I thought it was a fantastic comic that made use of the, great use of the digital format. In fact, I would say that DC's most consistent comics seem to be the digital ones like Adventures of Superman and the Beyond books. Are these comics ignored since they will be collected in print at a later time, or is there a more nefarious reason for omitting them? Thanks. Look forward to the answer. Yeah, huge nefarious reason. <laughs> we sit around thinking of plots and schemes to keep how folks can off the we, show. How can we screw the most people? All right. I assume we're going to talk about that we, in a second. Actually, let's, all right, go ahead. Let's, let's, okay, let's, this is how we do the show. <laughs> after, after a Wednesday, we'll read our books, and we send out an email to each other. Which one do you want to talk about? I want to talk about this. I'm going to talk about it a little longer. I want to talk about this one a little shorter. Blah, blah, blah. We come up with a list. We finalize it. We come and do the show. Over the years, things have changed. Uh, it used to just be we'd talk about the books that came out. And now we've got to deal with these other things that are coming in here. And I would go so far as to say that we haven't quite sorted out how to phase those things in. Because they're coming out all the time. They're not coming out the same schedule as the other books. And, and, like, and like people ask why stuff isn't on our list. Uh, 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 the pull list on on the website. It's because that comes from Diamond. That's where that we can't. We don't do that completely manually. You know, it's we don't put it. Automated list that comes from Diamond. So those are just Diamond's of, products of comic books that ship. We can That's, add things manually, like when we add Private Eye, but it's a pain in the ass. That's why we don't do it for a lot of things. It's a huge pain. Just in the ass. go ahead and give away the eleven herbs and spices. Fine. Well, the, no, but they, but that's 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 like five I, of the herbs. Let's be generous. And, and listen. We've right. got a good number of years doing this a certain way, and now they're throwing all these other things into it, and we try to be inclusive sometimes we're not you know but it has nothing to do with anything you guys uh were both in love with this book greatly but wait, wait hold on let's back that ass okay. up first okay all right oh you well, got um, on it now we we talk about Avengers Superman we talk about Batman Beyond we talk about Arrow we talk about Smallville all these books have been talked about on the show it's not like we ignore them they all have been talked about we just wait till the paper book comes out because that's when they show up on the comics page and that tends to be where we take our cue from as Josh said earlier so the idea that we haven't talked about or ignored them is crazy. We've talked about almost every one of them, except maybe Amy Comic Girls or one of those ones. I read that one, but we didn't talk about it. But we talked about almost every digital book. We didn't talk about Batman 66 because it hasn't come out in paper yet. Although I'm more curious to see how the reading experience will change when it comes to paper because it, that book really did play with the digital medium so much. And it I don't like know. It's made for it. Yeah, it's cool. made for it. So again, as Josh said, we're we're figuring this out. These are, these are new things. We don't know quite know how we're going to do this in the future, but it was really good. Paul, the, the, guy, the guys will also tell you that I was beside myself that it wasn't in contention. Yeah. Like, I couldn't make it the pick because – and I, but I knew that, like, it, you know, that might come up on my week whenever it comes out, and I'll be waiting for it. It's a whole thing. And the other thing, and the other thing is also that it's, it's a shorter work than, you know, that's why they put three of those into yeah. one. I really I – did, like, did not like the method of you're reading a, it. You're a grump. No, no, it's yeah. not that. I just every time they added a word balloon, I kept wanting to go back and start over from the beginning. I can't so believe they felt... even have Wi-Fi up there on Mount Crumpet where you live. Yeah, Paul I and, love I, Jeff Paul Parker, and I loved it. I don't... Batman it was no, fantastic. Was it was beautiful. I just don't like Batman it's, 66. It fits and it fits that it's, whole it's milieu. A concept. And, and it was good. I read it. I went through. It. It's just it's not my thing. The, I thought one of the best things about the way they did it, which was adding word balloons and sound effects, thing, was that they, caught, they captured sort of the rhythm of the show. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, which wouldn't be there if it was all on the page at the same time. Like the, especially the, like the, at the end with the three, you know, 
what will happen to Batman next? You know, ending. It sort of worked when you read it as three pieces as opposed to just one. And some of the dialogue really worked when, when it came in later. It sort of it, it made the jokes funnier. Yeah, and as we learned last week, Josh hates Panel Syndicate and the Private Eye. Hates it. Right. It's not. That's. You said no. you didn't like it. I get a bad. So no, you I hate didn't. it. I said I didn't love it. Oh, I forgot. This is like politics. It's nuance. <laughs> so there you go, Tim from St. Paul. That's those. Those are the convoluted reasons why we didn't talk about that book last week. But we, I should say we agree that those are really consistent books. Like. Yeah, yes. that's better than a lot of the print stuff that DC's. Well, the, the Legends of the Batman and the Avengers of Superman, those they're putting people on those books that should be on regular books. For the, DC. They're yes. putting interesting creators on them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then not and that giving goes, them that a goes for writers and artists as well. Yeah. yeah so. Why Jeff Parker and Chris Somney aren't doing a Superman book other than the fact that Chris Somney's drawing Daredevil is beyond me. Right, but there you go. You can email us at contact.ifanboy.com or call our voicemail line at eight 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 fanboys, which is three two six two six nine seven. If you want to answer, if you want to start your voicemail off by going damn, then that's fine. I almost fine t- for t- Paul. T- tore a voice, uh, vocal cord you there. hurt. You hurt parts <laughs> of me. <laughs> so this week is San Diego Comic Con, as I mentioned earlier in the show, which may be why I'm so uh, distracted at the moment. So here's what's happening: if you're going to be at San Diego, everything that to do with us is basically happening on Thursday. That's where you can find me at four o'clock at the eighth annual All Star Podcasters Panel at Room Twenty Eight D E. That's from four to five. I'll be up there talking the world of comics and a little bit of podcasting with John Suntress and Hyde McDonald and and a whole bunch of other people. From, uh, from shows you probably listen to. Pat Loika will be there. Pat Loika. Almost immediately after that, 6 o'clock, 6 to 9, is the iFanboy Happy Hour cocktail party at our usual location, the Andaz Hotel Roof Deck. It's at 600 F Street, and that's always the party to be at. Last year was packed. Darwin Cook, was, Darwin Cook was there. Drunken Josh Flanagan was there. It was a good time had by all, so check it out this year. I'll be there. Uh, Josh will not be there, but there's a rumor that Ron will be there. So you can see the awkward Which one re- is he? The awkward reunion between iFanboys at the Andaz party at the hotel roof deck. So check <laughs> it out. Thursday, four to five panel, six to nine party. There you go. That's all. The That's other all. days are yours. The other days I'll be at the pool. That's Do what you would want with those other days, is what we're saying. <laughs> you don't but have to bother me those days. No, I'll be at home watching the news, watching some murder she wrote. So <laughs> <laughs> must be nice. You're an old, old woman. You don't want to go to San Diego. No. <laughs> Check out iFanboy. Zero interest. Check out iFanboy.com for the Pick of the Week review that was written by Connor this week and other weeks. Like next week, I'll write it. It changes. Are you also going to be writing the Book of the Month review next week? You know what? Why don't you go fuck yourself? <laughs> <laughs> More in depth. Okay, that was not a lot. I thought you were going to say go screw, but you really went up a notch, which caught me off guard, and that was fine. It was funny. <laughs> It's because stuff about comics there that we write. (laughs) Internet news and stuff with pictures. Movie stills. Topics. Movies. (laughs) (laughs) Fanboy.com slash about to see other places where we put movie stills and then we'll be like talking about how bad our day is going and then we're having coffee. (laughs) Having coffee. Shitty day. (laughs) As you mentioned, as I men- as you mentioned, as I mentioned before, you can email us at contact at ifanboy.com or go to voicemail line eight 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 fanboys three two six two six nine seven. Any questions, comments, concerns? If you want to chastise Josh for his language, you can also do that there. We will be sure to forward them to him so he sees it. Oh. It's like you don't even want a book of the month. <laughs> if you dig us, 
write a review in iTunes. Um, judge some of the other episodes. <laughs> Bring that into the equation. Or better yet, uh, tell your friends about us. Introduce your mom to podcasts. Spread that iFanboy word out there. Far Spread it like butter. Nutella. Spread it like Nutella. Which is delicious and hazelnutty. But it's not healthy. Don't fool yourself. Basically, anything Just you because can spread it comes from is not Europe. healthy. It's not healthy. So we're we doing the Ask a Ninja now? Whoa. I got to tell you, <laughs> I still can't hear the name Gore Verbinski without laughing. <laughs> when I wrote the Lone Ranger review, I went back and watched the review yeah. of... of uh, More Gore, less Verbinski. Yes. That was the, that was the <laughs> excerpt for the article. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. All right. I'm actually hot. I'm sweaty and... Um, I think part of the reason is that the construction site near me won't stop hammering things. I'm going a little insane. When you're a construction site, you're a hammer and everything looks like a nail. Right. But there are also just a lot of nails. Yes. Well, you've got to build a building. I assume yeah. there's nails that are needed. Paul, how are you? I'm Paul. <laughs> I'm Connor. <laughs> Remember that episode of The Wire where Snoop goes into the not Home Depot to get the nail yeah. gun? Yes. That was real good. That was, real good. That was good. Little, no, that's for you. Because that was clearly a Home Depot, but then it wasn't. They can't. They didn't have that kind of budget on they, that show. They, they mentioned Home Depot later. Why are we talking about this? I don't know. Because that show was awesome. It was awesome. It was awesome. All the way through, unlike way the West Way better Wing. than this. Unlike the West Wing. That, hey, you go fuck yourself. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Season five was bad, but six and seven were good. Yeah. It was a different show. in a different show. way. Yeah, it was different. No, no, I don't believe you. Listen, you know who you sound like? I sound like you. I'm Josh. Who you gonna call?